Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 594, June the 5th, 2016. Uh, welcome back again. I was just here last week, two in a row. I've kind of uh, adjusted the schedule a bit due to some things going on with me right now. Namely, uh, one thing is next week, uh, my oldest son, Stephen, is getting married. So there will be no show next week. So I thought I would do another show this week. Last week, I talked about the Omega Glory and a little bit about X-Men Apocalypse and a few other topics. This week, the topic is going to be, I've done a few of these in the past, it's been a while, where I covered a year, a year in sci-fi movies, TV, that kind of thing. And the year I picked uh, for this show is 1977, which for most of you listening, it was a pretty important year in, in science fiction films or sci-fi fantasy films, if you want to call it that. Of course, Star Wars came out in that year. We'll talk a little bit about that. I've talked about that so much. Uh, but there's quite a few other films that came out and some TV shows that I enjoy uh, That uh, from 1977. And it, it was really a pretty critical year in, in geekdom, I'll, I'll call it. And uh, we'll cover that today on the podcast, talk about a few other things, talk about my... Uh, ongoing project or my uh, new uh, start on my project for um, my upper screen display and uh, some TV, a little bit about a TV and a couple other uh, topics here of geeky goodness on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello everyone and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Again, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, this is Rico, your host. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is a uh, a geek show, something we talk about, sci-fi, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, television, movies, geeky topics like that, collectibles. Got to do another collectible show sometime soon and talk about some of the recent things. There are some things heating up on that uh, for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, for example, a couple days ago, uh, I think Jen on the Anomaly podcast posted this up first that I saw, uh, but they're creating a, a line of, uh, or at least three so far that I've seen, of Barbie dolls, which sounds like a you know a Barbie doll, right? But they're Star Trek Barbie dolls. First, the one that I saw was Uhura. Uh, this, these are from the original series, of course, to celebrate the 50th anniversary this year from 1966 to 2016, 50 years since Star Trek premiered, and the other two that I've seen pictures of now are Kirk and Spock, uh, which uh, they look like they're on pre-sale via, you know, like places like Target, Amazon, and that. Uh, They look pretty good, though. They're not, um, I mean, they're action figures in a way. I mean, they're posable. They've got the normal kind of original costuming. They did, uh, I have a Barbie doll Trek set from probably, gosh, around the 25th or 30th anniversary, at least 20 probably years ago, uh, that uh, that I got. And that one featured sort of a Barbie Yeoman Rand, if I remember right. It's over in my closet. I'm just not going to get up and go look at it. 
but uh, and uh, I think there was a Kirk in there too as well. I think it was Kirk and Rand, if I remember correctly. But this is a new one that they're doing. So, uh, so that and there are some new, although also other figures coming out. I have a Spock Mezco. There's a new line of these, very detailed. I think they're about sixty, seventy dollars each that they've uh, they're coming out with, and that one's on order or is, uh, has been shipped to me. Uh, I should have it in a couple of days. Maybe I'll review it on the next podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, that is coming uh, to me, and they did, a, I think it's a Kirk and a Sulu so far in that line. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some cool collectibles, some neat things uh, for the 50th anniversary. Of course, uh, you know, the movie this year, we'll get the series, new Trek series early next year which I hope we start hearing a little bit of more detail about what that's going to be about exactly. There's a lot of speculation right now, so we'll have to still wait and see what, what the real word is on that. They just hired in a new writer, or not, not a new writer, but a, a new to the staff uh, that's uh, going to work on that series uh, who's done some Voyager books. I forget what her the author's name is off the top of my head. Let me take a quick look here. Yeah, it's uh, novelist Kristen Bayer, Bayer, I think that's how you say her last name, B-E-Y-E-R. She's written about eight Voyager novels that took place or take place after the return of Voyager. So, uh, yeah, check out uh, her writing. Uh, It's pretty well thought of, uh, and I think that'll be a good addition. I mean, anytime they get better writing or better writing staff or more writing staff, I think it's a good thing. I mean, the stories and the writing are, are critical to, obviously, uh, any Star Trek series and show. And I think uh, this show has really got some good talent behind it. There's no reason to think it's not going to be good. And, uh, you know, even with this all this a bit of controversy over the all-access aspect of Trek or this series being, you know, on this pay-only service for uh, $5.99 a month, I... Uh, I don't think that's such a big deal myself. It's it's just the way television is going. It's also the way a lot of people prefer their TV these days are these a la carte uh, so they don't have to actually subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to cable. You know, you don't have to have a cable subscription. You can just watch this thing on your iPad or or your TV, whatever you want to do, but you don't, you know, your computer, uh, laptops or whatever, but you don't need to have uh, a big old 150 plus dollars a month or whatever cable bill uh you know that's a big uh, difference between that price and and 5.99 a month uh and and being able to watch networks and shows you know if you subscribe to things like hulu netflix uh and even if you subscribe to hulu netflix and the cbs all access thing you're still only talking what about let's see it's about nine for netflix uh hulu's about eight or nine something i think it's eight so, so you're not even $20, right? So you're about $25 roughly for those three things, 25 bucks a month to watch a lot of uh, shows uh, versus, you know, like, again, if you were subscribing to a regular cable, it, it would be a lot more than that. So I still think it's, in a, it's a pretty great deal. Of course, for those of us, you know, I subscribe to cable. So, I, you know, and although I love Trek, so I'll, I'll pay for this as well. But for people who subscribe to cable and spend a lot of money, this I could see them getting a little upset with that they don't get it as part of their cable package in some way. Um, but anyway, enough about that. So, yeah, collectibles, Trek, uh, lots of stuff uh, related to uh, 
the 50th anniversary, I think, that's going on. Uh, I think in the fall we're going to get some specials on television. Uh, let's shift gears for a second, and I want to talk just briefly about um, in the last week or two, I don't know if I talked about this last week, if it really come up yet much, but um, maybe I did a little bit on the podcast. But all, there was all this talk about the uh, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars Rogue One film doing reshoots. Uh, although I hate the term reshoots because it implies that they're like taking the same exact scenes and just reshooting them. I, I, I think they should just call it additional shots or, uh, you know, come up with a different terminology. Reshoots, I, I guess it sort of could fit if you think about it, but the, there's all kinds of talk going on. I mean, one was they had, uh, you know, audience screenings and attested not good. There were people saying it wasn't Star Warsy enough. Uh, supposedly the studio, Disney and stuff, and some people didn't like it. Well, uh, Entertainment Weekly and a few other probably a little bit more real news sources rather than just blogs and stuff like that, uh, that, that just pushed these rumors around the Internet. Uh, you know, they, they had a little bit more to say. They, won, they, did, they just said most of these new shoots are going to involve a little bit more character stuff. Uh, there was one comment I read uh, about, well, it's going to be a lot of people talking in cockpits and stuff, and and little details and things related to the uh, the already existing footage and, and and movie, to just add a little depth and a little detail to it. Nothing that's going to really change the tone that much, probably, or or change the overall movie that much. And the idea that it's forty percent more film, half the film almost, just doesn't really make sense at this stage of the game. And I don't see a reason for that. I mean, what I think is odd in a way is that when you read a script, right, they should have had a pretty good feel and an idea what the movie was going to be like before you even, like, you know, shoot one frame of film. There's, like, you read the script. It's like reading a book. I mean, if you're going to turn that script into a movie, yeah, you're not going to see how the people do the acting part of it or how it looks per se, but you should be able to get an idea of the feel and the tone from the script. So this this thinking or thought that, that the movie was not what they had expect or expected or what they wanted, it just doesn't really ring true. So I'm completely fine with it all. I think it's going to be great. I, I, I am also completely fine if they do take a you know, some of these standalone Star Wars movies and kind of twist and change things a little bit and make them a little, push them, push the edge a little. Uh, and, and they don't necessarily have to fit the same exact look and feel. Look, I guess you do sort of have to follow a little, but the feel and the tone and, and the type of story that they tell, I think this is their chance to kind of really try some things. Now, you know, we've been talking about on the forum or not on the just forum, but on the Facebook group, which is basically the forum. And, you know, there's a lot of different opinions and, you know, that the movie should be for kids. And I'm like, well, I don't know. There's some stuff that have happened in the movies like, you know, in Empire Strikes Back and Revenge of the Sith, you know, that, that are pretty intense. You know, I, I know when my kids were little, I, I did I wouldn't have let them watch those those certain, of you know, a couple of those movies until they got a little older. Uh, you know, I don't think for a six or seven year old watching guy get his arms chopped off or his legs chopped off or, or his hand chopped off by his daddy is a great thing for a little kid. Um, but um, so, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, again, completely fine. I can't think it's going to be great. I, I think we're looking, we're going to have a great movie again this uh, December, this Christmas for Star Wars to watch. So that'll be great. And I'm very excited by it. 
And the last thing I wanted to say, a big thanks again to those that support the Patreon, uh, Treks and Sci-Fi site. Just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. And there you can uh, support the um, funding or the, the, you know, support the podcast, support the little set that I'm building. I'm uh, deep into building the upper portion of it for, and I bought a... Um, 43 inch Vizio monitor this week to go in the upper display upper screen which is very cool it allows me to um, clone and, and and use my computer to d- to dub the screen onto that big screen which will be great to be able to show clips and stuff during a podcast pretty easily and, and so forth so I'm uh, pretty pretty excited pretty jazzed up by doing this uh, it's um, coming together well I glued the the inner screen into the outer screen yesterday attach that together. I got to do a lot of patching and sanding and roughing it together a little bit better or more today. And, you know, probably do that for the next couple of weeks. The wedding that is coming up uh, will keep me a little busy and then get to painting it and, and wiring some stuff up and that. So I figure probably another few weeks, maybe by the end of June, it'll be done, give or take. I'm kind of shooting for hope, hopefully by the end of the month or maybe by the 4th of July weekend or so to have it finished. Taking my time, want to do it nice and do it well. So, uh, hey, if you've got an extra spare couple of dollars a month and you want to support this, uh, please just check out patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi. I'm going to take a short break. And I think we'll get right into the movie and, and television talk from 1977 when I come back. And uh, I'm pretty uh, excited by that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of cool stuff that year. So um, just uh, stand by and I'll be back in a moment. It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. I've... <laughs> no, we're not singing that again. Yes, It's been a long No, time. Jen. <laughs> I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created. A monster. A monster, he I tell you. He keeps playing it. I know. He likes it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know it is very funny. But that's not all we but are. my time is Okay. Fun. This is Angela. <laughs> and that's Jen. <laughs> and you've been listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. With oh, our friend for- Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly Podcast. Doe. <laughs> Crap. Okay, uh, I didn't talk about uh, television much, so we'll sort of skip over that, I think, for this week. Uh, I, I'm not not a lot of stuff. Well, I'm still watching uh, the, the Stitcher show. 12 Monkeys is still on and a couple other things. But uh, the... Um, the Last Ship is coming back, which isn't really exactly sci-fi, but uh, I'm looking forward to that coming back. Uh, oh, I also started to watch season two of Powers, which is a little bit more appropriate for the podcast. That's the um, Sony PlayStation uh, show about uh, based on the comic book by Brian Michael Bendis uh, about uh, a, a period or uh, a world with uh, people uh, who have superpowers like superpowers like comic book characters and. Uh, I really liked the show last, uh, the first season. It's not exactly got the highest budget, but it's interesting, and uh, uh, I, I really like the actor in the show too, Char Chartol, however you say the guy his name is, uh, the, the guy in uh, uh, District Nine, or you know, from that movie, who was also in the Eighteen movie, um, Chartol Copley, whatever, his, however you say his name. Anyway, it's a fun show, and uh, I like this idea of. Uh, 
a division of the police department trying to deal with superpowered people. I'm also, I mentioned this on last week's podcast, reading that uh, comic book superpower kind of uh, novel right now called Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson, uh, which is great. I'm really enjoying the audiobook of that. Uh, okay, let's get on to the topic of 1977. This really takes me back. Uh, of course, uh, the the big thing that happened that year that or that year that uh, everyone was looking forward to was this little movie by George Lucas called Star Wars that came out in May uh, of that year. You know, about roughly 39 years ago, uh, which uh, just changed really the landscape of of film, science fiction films, fantasy films, um, the the level of effects and and. There has never still been even additional Star Wars films that have come since then that have even made more money and all that. But I, I, I've said this on the podcast a few times that unless you lived during that time and you were going to the movies to see that film, but it, it's never been done again where a movie lasted that long in, in, in the theater. I guess Titanic did, you know, Avatar, I think, did a bit. Uh, but but this thing just was on was was in the theater like summer all summer into the fall came back for re-releases people lining up at the theater you know even weeks after it opened uh and just loved it to death and i was one of those people and you know it 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 completely blew me away and and it really uh it was just great you know for for such a long time there was never really a, a film like that that we could look to as as nerds or geeks and say, you know, this is a great movie. And it's also not only that; it was a movie that everyone really liked. I mean, I, I've I've heard of a few people over the years, and I always think they just do this just to fight the general crowd. You know, like if everyone likes something, there are people who will just not like it just out of like, well, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. And I think it happens a little bit, too, with things that have been so uh, revered and, and hyped, and if you see it later. Uh, but, um, but I mean, uh, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people love Star Wars or love that first movie. So, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff from 1977 as well. But let's let's just start with the, with, with the biggie, I think. Why don't, we, why don't we just start with that? Let's start with Star Wars from 1977, and here's one of the trailers to this uh amazing you know timeless classic film of uh adventure excitement uh, <laughs> a jedi craves not these things all right here we go somewhere in space this may all be happening right now 20th century fox and george lucas the man who brought you american graffiti now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. Coming in too fast! The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human-cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Good luck. And 
villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. in the making and it's coming to your galaxy this summer yeah so uh, there is one of the original star wars trailers for the the movie which i always find very just really takes me back very cool uh, I, I love the tone of it and and the fact that it's a little bit rough and, and not everything's really quite in place in, in a way. It, you know, what can you say about this movie at this point in time? Uh, you know, it's been well documented that, that George Lucas did these based on some of his um, growing up time and, and love for the Flash Gordon Buck Rogers kind of Saturday morning serials. And, and in essence, that's really what it is. You know, he took he took that idea of, of these adventures and things that aren't exactly completely scientifically uh, accurate, but but fun and exciting and swashbuckling and romantic, and, and turned them into a, a, you know a, a spectacle in a movie. He set it in a different universe, so you didn't have to worry about you know this is Earth and and have all the connections there that would be involved or. Or the fact that, you know, is it set like hundreds of years in the future, even like they did with like Buck Rogers, for example, which allowed him to do pretty much anything he wanted, any kind of creatures uh, and any kind of, uh, you know, planetary, you know, settings. And, and it's just uh, it's just nearly perfect. And and I and I think, uh, you know, he's he's basically was a genius in creating this universe and creating these films for us to enjoy over these years and now we've got these new movies coming and I, you know I was pretty ha- you know very happy actually with Force Awakens just because it, it seemed to have the same kind of spirit of the original and the tone and and the humor humor is so important in these movies you know they can they can become I, I think if they had made it super serious and there weren't wasn't anything humorous in it even in the first one you know with all the funny lines by by han solo especially and you know in the in a trash compactor and we're going to be a lot skinnier and all that i mean that's just great and and it's just such a such a fantastic film you know i still love empire strikes back probably maybe a little bit more but but this one is just ah i just want to watch it again right now you know i never get tired of watching that movie I, I probably can rewatch that one even more in a way than than Empire Strikes Back because Empire, of course, is much more serious and kind of a grim tone to it. Uh, you know, Star Wars is just planet plain fun. I mean, it's just fun to watch, fun to relive it and, and, and see those scenes again, and 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 how much uh, uh, you know how much adventure it's got going in it, and and it, you know again. He just did the right thing by telling that story first, you know. The, you know, of course, in history and and it's been well documented. You know, he had this idea of this sprawling, you know, saga of many films. Nine films originally is is what was thrown around, and then later he changed it and said, "Oh, it's only going to be six films." But uh, you know, he had this idea of um, of this whole storyline, uh, roughly, you know, in, in, in a lot of differences, but. By taking that movie and doing it first, which is the 
probably the best of the of the films to do as a self-contained storyline uh that that was just um ideal so uh so 1977 you know that came out in may of 1977 and and just changed everything it just changed uh changed movies for forever and and nowadays i was just listening to uh one of my other podcasts that I listen to that's a big favorite, iFanboy, and they've been covering some of the comic book movies like X-Men Apocalypse and Captain America, and they were just talking about how, you know, that that film and, and, and the days of Star Wars and, and the original trilogy and their earlier Star Trek movies and, and a lot of other sci-fi films and fantasy movies created this just love for those films and that that also then create set a domino effect into motion of people who love those things the nerds and the geeks ended up moving and 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 getting jobs into hollywood and they are controlling you know what's going on television these days what's what's at the movies these days when people say oh there's so many sci-fi films and comic book films and all that well that this is exactly why now you know almost 40 years later uh, these people who were maybe, you know, 10, 20, even, or whatever age they were are now in their forties and fifties roughly or whatever, and now are in positions to make the stuff that, that takes them back to their childhood that they enjoyed. And, and that's why we get the, um, we get the kind of movies and television shows we get these days. And I'm very grateful. I mean, I, I don't, I think I've said it a few times before, but it almost made me go to film school. I mean, I uh, was very close to doing that. I was super pumped. It came out, uh, you know, in a time, again, that, that was a big influence on me. I was in, you know, I loved Star Trek even before Star Wars came out. And this movie, though, I really, you know, I started studying and I really wanted, I, I was always reading books and magazines about how they made these things. And I really wanted to get into the nuts and bolts. I love the, the creative aspect of it. I wanted to get into, you know, how these, especially the special effects side of it. I, I, I didn't necessarily want to be like the, the, the writer or the director, but I wanted to be a, like a John Dykstra guy who's behind the scenes building models making you know special effects for these films because i just i love computers i still do model making and art and all that kind of stuff and so i it uh but you know i i'm sure that that same feeling was was in a lot of other guys and and ladies and everything and they eventually all did you know unlike i i didn't but that they did they went to hollywood and they they started to work in the film industry and and now, 40 years later, almost, we've got uh, what we have. And uh, I'm super grateful that this movie was around to do all that. So, all right, now we're, we're probably at a high. I should have saved that till the end of the podcast, right? But, meh, let's do it a little different. I'm going to go through now other movies and some TV shows, too. Some highlights from a 1977 beyond Star Wars. There were a lot of other things that came out this year. Uh, and I'm not going to go through them in any particular order. I'm looking at a few lists online. IMDb has has a huge long list of about 54 titles. Uh, some I've never even seen or heard of. <laughs> there's there's something called Bionic Boy, the Glitter Ball. Maybe I saw that one. Um, Legends of Dinosaurs and Bird and Monster Birds. Uh, it, there's a, a weird Buck Rogers. Well, it's actually an edited version of the 1939, one of the 1939 serials. Uh, I'm looking at kind of at the bottom, more at the bottom of the list. The day it came to earth, terror of Frankenstein, war of the planets. I think I did see war of the planets. Um, 
the war in space a lot of things with the name war in it as you notice here there was a lot of stuff that started later uh, not just in 77 but after 77 that tried to capitalize on uh, the uh, of course uh, capitalized Star Wars one of the biggest probably being the next year we got um, Battlestar Galactica the original TV series which started the first um, the, the first part of that or the first um, episode or whatever that there was a, a movie uh, actually ended up in the movie theaters as well but there are other things uh, yeah a lot of other stuff so uh, again Star Wars set the stage for a lot of these so let's talk about uh, George Lucas, obviously, everyone knows, uh, you know, amazing uh, creator of Star Wars, filmmaker, and so forth. Well, his buddy also had a film uh, that uh, came out that year. His buddy Steven Spielberg, that is, uh, had a movie come out in also in 1977 that uh, probably just about everybody listening uh, is probably aware of. This, of course, being Close Encounters of the Third Kind. A very different movie than Star Wars. It came out uh, on Christmas of 1977. At least that's when it premiered here in the U.S. And this, of course, is a movie about uh, UFOs, UFO encounters on Earth. Uh, and uh, starred Richard Dreyfuss uh, and, uh, and other people. Terry Garr, of course, Melinda Dillon, Bob Balban. Uh, and, and it is, is really a great movie for a lot of reasons it's it's a it's a it's it's well done the effects are amazing but I, I again this this is a movie that I, I don't get tired of watching it has a great tone to it, it it's not um, it, it's one of those rare few movies too that their aliens come to earth and they don't blow us all off the planet you know they don't try to in you know conquer us they don't try to destroy us they come and say hey how are you and uh, play some musical tones and um you know bring back some people that they've been uh, that they carried off into the sky at different eras of time and, and then they you know bring a few new people with them so uh yeah i love this movie i've covered it before on the podcast but uh let's play one of the trailers to close encounters of the third kind from 1977 <laughs> This is the motion picture that astounded us, that challenged us, that dazzled us. The motion picture that reminded us we are not alone. This is the road that took us to the outer limits of a brilliant filmmaker's imagination. The road over 100 million people have taken and will want to take again. The road millions of others will take for the first time. But now the road will take us all even farther. Coming this summer to theaters everywhere, a special edition of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Director Steven Spielberg has filmed additional scenes designed to expand the total experience of the original motion picture. Now Richard Dreyfuss as Roy Neary will share with audiences all over the world the experience of being inside. When we saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind for the first time, we wanted more. Now there is more. 
So that's, again, the Close Encounters trailer, uh, a classic uh, Steven Spielberg movie. Steven Spielberg responsible for, you know, with the E.T. movie and, and other projects he's worked on, he's always had a much more positive, uh, you know, attitude about aliens and and the idea of aliens coming to Earth. I, I have always in my head, even though I enjoy some of the, you know, uh, films that aliens come here and try to, you know, conquer us, wipe us out, you know, after a while that gets a little old. And it also, I've always thought it seems a little bizarre to me. They come all the way to Earth only to do that. I mean, if you have that kind of tech, I, I, I never can really put that together in my head that that's what they want to do. I, I, I just I just have a hard time putting those two things together. Probably too much Star Trek, you know, thinking that, People, if they ever got the, the uh, uh, needed, you know, technology to travel between the stars, they wouldn't come here to just blow us apart. <laughs> that's a, that's a long trip to just do that. Why? I don't get it. If they can, if they can travel the stars, they they don't need us. You know, they don't need our planet. They don't need anything here. So it doesn't make any sense at all. And I don't believe in the the fact that they're just plain evil out there. Explorers, yeah, I, I can get behind that. But anyway, uh, the Close Encounters of the Third Kind movie, great, uh, great movie. Let's switch a little bit gears. Let's talk about another film. Uh, I'm a big fan of James Bond. I, I've seen, I think, every James Bond movie probably, and 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 some of them definitely multiple times. Uh, there is a movie that came out in in 1977, a James Bond film that is, yeah, it's yeah, not maybe one of the best of the Bond films, but it's still fun for for a number of reasons. Uh, the the one that came out that year came out in August of that year, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, with uh, Roger Moore as James Bond at this time. This is the movie uh, with. Um, uh, Jaws in it, <laughs> Richard Keel is Jaws. Uh, the um, this the uh, sorry the the lady or the the Bond girl in this whatever you want to call her uh, is Barbara Bach, uh, who is a Russian uh, spy. And uh, this um, this is a, a fun movie. It's it's got a nice uh, song, and it, it's just got a lot of goofy kind of fun to it. I guess is probably the best way to put it, but. I'll, I'll watch any Bond movie, and all of them, I think, have their own charm. And, and this is, a, you know, they're also all product of their times. It's the same thing with the Star Trek over the years and, and other things that have endured a long time, Doctor Who. Uh, they're, they're products of their time. So in 1977, uh, you know, with Roger Moore as Bond, uh, the films weren't nearly as serious. They're certainly not like they are with um, the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Even when you got into Pierce Brosnan as Bond, uh, you know, that that was more serious than even these. So uh, let me play one of the trailers to uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Commander James Bond, recruited to the British Secret Service from the Royal Navy. Licensed to kill and has done so on numerous occasions. Many lady friends but married only once. Wife killed All right, you've made your point. You're sensitive, Mr. Bond. About certain things, yes. Well, well, well. A British agent in love with a Russian agent. They 
détente, indeed. Every person who even comes into contact with that microphone is to be eliminated. Yeah, again, uh, a fun movie. Again, not maybe the best of the Bonds at all. But, uh, you know, I was never a big fan of Roger Moore as Bond. I think there were a couple of them that I, I enjoyed quite a bit. But others, I've always thought he was just not um, not tough enough. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a Sean Connery, and I, I love Daniel Craig, too, as Bond. But, uh, you know, and they're all good in their own way. But, uh, yeah, that another movie, another uh, film that came out in 77. Okay, next up, uh, let's go to something a little bit less well-known, although quite a few of you will probably know this movie. It also came out, of course, in 1977, in October of that year. This movie uh, was a much lower budget, and uh, but I still think an interesting one. I even remember seeing this movie in the theater, I believe. Uh, it is called Damnation Alley. Uh, this is uh, uh, the writer of this. It was based on a book by Roger Zelensky. Uh It is starring stars Jar- George Papard, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, and Dominique Sanda, and a, and a bunch of others. Jack Jackie Early Haley is in this movie. Paul Winfield is in here, uh, and uh, it, it's basically about uh, a post kind of a pop- apocalyptic. Uh, uh, world after kind of a World War III nuclear uh, event and and a bunch of survivors that try to drive across the, the wasteland that, that's left of, of the country uh, with weird weather and, and mutated plants and animals and things. Uh, this was out put out by 20th Century Fox. You know, of course, it uh, came out later in the year after Star Wars. The coolest thing about this movie was the little um, big vehicle thing that they uh, they ride in. Uh, that was also used on a kids' TV show, which I'm blanking on the... Oh, gosh, I'll have to look that up while I play the trailer for you. But um, but I think it was called Arc 2. Is that right? Maybe that is right. Uh, so um, so this movie, though, is it's got some interesting stuff. They do some neat things. I, I, I'm a big fan of Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, you know, I, I loved him in Airwolf. So that, that was that was part of the appeal for this movie for me. It cost about seventeen million to make, which is which is interesting. That's almost like double what Star Wars cost to make at the time, at least in that era. Uh, I think Star Wars was around eight million, roughly, uh, or so to make eight or nine, something like that. Anyway, um, this is you know in a long line of movies uh, like Mad Max in a you know in a world in a world in a world where the world has been destroyed. Some people tried to survive. So that's what this this is about. So let me play this um, trailer for Damnation Alley for you. Multiple warheads strike confirmed. Retaliatory strike on advisement. Hostile missiles heading to major U.S. population targets. Launch retaliatory missiles. All enemy targets. You have seen great adventures. Now you're about to live one. Damnation Alley. Everything man remembers is gone. Everything he has achieved is forgotten. 
Every place he has lived has become a wasteland, desolate, barren. And these five survivors may be the only humans left alive. Together, they will attempt a journey into the unknown. and the instinct to live could carry them safely through the hell that lies ahead. The devastation of man and the mutations of nature gone wild. And somehow, they must endure this journey through the nightmare of what we once knew as Earth. Somehow they must survive this journey through Damnation Alley. Starring Jan Michael Vincent, George Pavard, Dominique Sander, Paul Winfield, Jackie Earl Haley. Produced in the magic of Sound 360. More than a motion picture, an adventure you'll never forget. Yeah, again, that uh, it's a, it's a cool movie. It's actually out on Blu-ray now, and the um, the Landmaster, the vehicle that they ride in in that movie, is is probably one of the stars. Uh, but I like what they do with the strange, weird electrical effects and storms and things after the the war. So. Uh, yeah, check that one out. All right, here's another movie that I, I really want to watch this one again. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I really enjoyed it at the time that I did, that I have seen it a few times. You know, again, it's been a while. But this movie also in 1977, and it uh, this is a movie with Burt Lancaster, Michael York, Nigel Davenport. Uh, it is a uh, more of a I guess it's sci-fi fantasy you could call it. It's based on a novel by H.G. Wells. It's been done a few times. Uh, anyway, this is uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau. And it came out uh, in 19... Like I said, I've, how many times I've said that? Anyway, coming out on the in July of, of 1977. It was done later in, in 96 with... Um, with with a new a new set of people obviously uh, Marlon Brando and uh, Val Kilmer uh, but not nearly I think as good as this movie anyway the island of Dr Moreau uh, is is a is a classic tale it's this weird island with this weird crazy scientist guy on it who's basically uh, uh, experimenting on people and turning them into animals or giving them animal-like uh, characteristics. And, I, and I'm a big fan of Michael York. Uh, ever since I saw him in Logan's Run, the original uh, theatrical movie, I, I, I enjoy anytime he's in a movie, I'll, I'll watch it. So uh, let's uh, listen to, and, and for you, and I'll watch and listen uh, to one of the trailers to um, The Island of Dr. Moreau from 1977. Andrew Braddock shipwrecked and cast away on a land beyond human experience. A world inhabited by sounds and shadows. The island of Dr. Moreau. Good morning. We haven't met, officially that is. I'm Dr. Moreau. Andrew Braddock, sir. Has he come for your work? No. Just till the next ship arrives. 
the island was a Garden of Eden, a tropical paradise, and a trap. Because here, a bizarre civilization was growing. What happened to Mr. Braddock? Well, those creatures, what are they? You go back to the compound, that way. What were they? What were they? This is human. This is man. Understandably, they fear this place. The pain they've suffered. And when they revert, they bring back into their brute lives the memory of that experience. The human legacy. You will explore that in the battlefield and bring back the knowledge. The ultimate knowledge. No! See? You see? It's happening already. No! 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 You are an animal. This is the chillingly prophetic story of the genius who tore down the walls that separate man and beast. Burt Lancaster, Michael York, Nigel Davenport, Barbara Carrera, Richard Basehart, and the incredible human animals that populate the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, so that's a, a fun movie, and, and like I said, it's been adapted a f- quite a few times uh, over the years, but that, that one from 77 with Burt Lancaster has always had a soft place in my heart or a soft spot. A soft place in your heart? That doesn't sound right. Soft spot. <laughs> All right, let's do another one uh, from the same year. We're still in 1977. Yes, it's a great year for stuff, for movies and some TV, which we'll talk about here in a, in a few minutes, but... Uh, Let's talk about uh, a William Shatner movie from that year, a kind of a horrorish, kind of a sci-fi horrorish kind of movie. He did a few of these kind of films, actually. This one is called a Kingdom of the Spiders, which uh, the spiders are like they're like definitely one of those things that I, I I freak out over. I don't really like spiders. I can handle most other things. I'm I'm fine with snakes and, and and most other bugs and things, but spiders freak me out. I I just do not like them. If I ever wanted, if I ever had to become Spider-Man and get bitten by a radioactive spider, I'd I'd be like, nope, 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 not gonna do that. So, um, but this is also from '77, November of '77. William Shatner has a has a funny name in this movie, Rack Hansen. Uh, also, with some other actors in this, Tiffany Bowling is probably the main female lead, I think, uh, and and a few others, Marcy Lafferty, who uh, which is interesting because she was married to uh, Shatner for a period of time. She's in this movie, but it's it's basically spiders gone wild, and uh, you know uh, there there's a uh, there's this uh, town that that uh, William Shatner's character lives in. And uh, he's a he's a veterinarian, and uh, there are these hordes of basically migrating tarantulas <laughs> that are in uh, the area, and uh, it's 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 one of those times where you know you're 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 watching this movie, and people are screaming, and there's spiders all in their room, and getting near them, and crawling on them, and dropping on them. So you get the basic idea. So let's play one one of the uh, the trailers uh, on YouTube here for Kingdom of the Spiders, starring William Shatner. What is it? 
the hell's wrong? Now on DVD, William Shatner in the classic web of terror, Kingdom of the Spiders. Why would spiders suddenly turn aggressive? This right here is scientific phenomenon. One minute they weren't there, and the next minute they were everywhere. How do we get rid of them? There's not just a few spiders out there, there's millions of them. And your town is right in their path. The spiders in this area have organized themselves into an aggressive army. He's found another 20 or 30 hills just like the one we burned. Listen, there's thousands of them out there. We'll never make it. What are you talking about? Of course we will. Get caught in this all-new special edition, Crawling with Bonus Features, including an all-new interview with William Shatner. When they had the spiders on me, that was not CGI. Behind-the-scenes footage, director's commentary, and much more. What's wrong? I've never heard it so quiet. Kingdom of the Spiders, you are their prey. Now on a special edition DVD. Hope these things don't get into the house. They sure give me the willies. Yeah, so that's a creep. That'll creep you out. Uh, they give me the willies too, those spiders. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to another one. This movie has the distinction of being like uh, a movie that I, I I just absolutely disliked, hated at the time. I can remember uh, a friend of mine and, and myself going to see this movie. It's called um, Starship Invasions and from 1977. We, we redubbed it Starship Feces. <laughs> it was, that was our, our polite way of saying it was crap. Uh, but uh, I, I, I still want to talk just briefly about it, uh, maybe to warn you, and maybe if you ever feel like watching, you know, sometimes it's fun to watch a really bad movie. Uh, that can be fun, especially if you're uh, maybe having a beer and uh, and just making fun of it, poking fun of it, sort of Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. Uh, but this movie stars um, Robert Vaughn, Christopher Lee. So it's got some good people in it, some talent. It was released in October of, of 77, and it's it's basically about a, a you know an alien invasion kind of a thing. But it's just so schlocky and it's just so poorly done. And it just it's just bad. And uh, but I'll play this. Here's a short trailer to uh, Starship uh, Feces. I mean Starship Invasions. This world is trapped in the middle of an eternal conflict between forces from the Black Void. They come from above, below, and beyond. They come with answers to the unknown. Power from the stars, and horror from the depth of a million mutant minds. They communicate with time, and wage an interplanetary war for eternity. Starship invasions. Legions of galactic warriors engulf the Earth in a holocaust for the survival of power. This planet becomes the battleground, as future beings spring their quest to the terrified eyes of man. From a billion light years away, the invader has come to make this the final day of Earth's existence. Starship Invasions. So, yeah, if you want to see a really bad movie from 77, go watch uh, Starship Invasions. <laughs> That's all more all I'll say about that one. Okay, uh, next up, uh, as, as the longtime listeners of the podcast know, I'm a big fan of Ray Harryhausen. 
love his films, love his Sinbad movies and others. Uh, there was one from 1977 that came out then. Uh, it is uh, called Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. This one is has Patrick Wayne, uh, one of John Wayne's sons, Patrick Wayne playing uh, Sinbad. Jane Seymour is in this movie as well. Uh, it's it's really a lot of fun. I, I think it's one of the better uh, of the Sinbad films. I still like uh, Golden Voyage's Sinbad, I think, the best, but this one's up there. Uh, Taron Powers in this. Patrick Troughton uh, for Doctor Who fans is in this movie, and, and a bunch of other people, uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I You know, there's some great stop-motion animation from uh, Ray Harryhausen, of course, and, and some cool adventure and, and fun in uh, this movie. As all these movies from uh, Ray and, and the Sinbad films are are containing, so let me play this trailer for Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger from 1977. These eyes peer out through time, through space, to a land beyond imagination. These are the eyes of the tiger. Follow their gaze back, back to where legends first began, where fantasy is real and the land of the lost is rediscovered. Journey across the oceans of antiquity to the northern edge of the ancient world as Sinbad battles with both human From the depths of the earth, I command you, arise! and supernatural evil. Filmed in the miracle of Dinorama. Starring Patrick Wayne, Taryn Power, Jane Seymour. From producers Charles H. Schneer and Ray Harryhausen. Come face to face with the prehistoric Trog. See the sorceress bring life to the all-powerful Minotaur. Eat with the power as only I command you. See Sinbad battle the saber-toothed tiger, guardian of the secret shrine. Join Sinbad, the greatest of all adventurers, in his biggest adventure of all. Yeah, great movie. Uh, a lot of fun to watch that one. So, in uh, any Ray Harryhausen film, uh, you, if you haven't ever seen any, you know, definitely give uh, give those a try sometime. They're they're great. They're great for kids too. Uh, they have some fun stuff, and they're always just super entertaining to me. Okay, uh, let's sort of wind it down on the movie end of it. I, there was, of course, Wizards, uh, another fantasy film, animated fantasy film from Ralph Bakshi in that year. But I recently did a podcast about Ralph Bakshi, so we won't talk about that. A bunch of, bunch of other stuff. Um, Space Battleship, Yamato, Rabid Prey, Polygon, Planet of Dinosaurs, The People That Time Forgot, excuse me, uh, with Patrick Wayne again, Doug McClure, Sarah Douglas, who... who um, 
was in the, uh, of course, second Superman film. Uh, Kingdom of Spiders, I talked about Incredible Melting Man, The Glitter Ball, End of the World, Empire of the Ants, Demon Seed, Cosmos War of the Planets, uh, and, and a bunch of others. Uh, there was uh, an animated Hobbit movie that came out that year. What else? Let's see that I wanted to mention real quickly. Pete's Dragon, uh, Jabberwocky uh, from the Monty Python, Michael Palin guys and all. Uh, Terry Gilliam worked on that and, and, a, and a bunch of others. Okay, let's shift quickly to uh, television. There were a couple of TV series uh, that came out in 77, the fall of 77, that were really, uh, I, I like them a lot. They're good. I've mentioned them before on the show. But I wanted to point them out here that they both came out in the fall of 77. They both only lasted a season, and it was unfortunate. But the, the two shows I'm talking about are uh, Man from Atlantis and Logan's Run, the TV show. So let me play... Uh, let me play the, they're both, I think, just, I don't think there's any any verbiage. Maybe I can find a trailer or something like that. But uh, let's start with a Logan's Run from uh, the fall of 77. I'll play um, at least the either the, the theme music to that for the TV show, or if I can find some kind of a trailer, I'll, I'll play that as well. So here's a Logan's Run a TV version show. In the city of Domes where your life ends at 30. Punishment is death. Where are you going to run if you want to stay alive? No one is renewed. When you're 30, you'll die too. Find Logan 5 and the girl. Show that you deserve to join us. Logan! Traitor! The cult TV series Logan's Run. Fridays at 9 on Sci-Fi. So you had there uh, a little preview, a sci-fi channel preview to Logan's Run when it was airing on that channel, uh, the the one-season series from 77, along with the opening credit theme song, which I really enjoy. So a couple of cool things about that, uh, about Logan's Run, the movie, and the TV show. Cool, One of the coolest weapons uh, ever, that flame gun or, or deep sleep uh, gun. Uh, and um, yes, Brian, if you're listening, I'm jealous of your prop replica that actually shoots a flame. Oh, God, I want one of those still. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, the the crossover thing that's kind of interesting here is the the uh, that vehicle that they used in the the 
series here for uh, Logan's Run is actually that same Landmaster vehicle they used in uh, the movie Damnation Alley, which I talked about earlier, also in that TV show Arc 2. So that vehicle got around, and uh, it got used pretty well. So the other show that is a big favorite of mine that started in 77, sci-fi show, uh, is, of course, Man from Atlantis, uh, this show. Uh, aired for just a season, had some about four uh, television movies before that. And, uh, you know, I've always loved the water. I love the oceans. I love swimming. Uh, of course, I had yellow swim trunks at that time and tried to swim like Mark Harris on uh, for Man from Atlantis. But here is the opening theme music to that show, uh, again, which is a big favorite of mine and is out on DVD now, as well as Logan's Run TV series. Both are out available on DVD. So uh, here is the theme to Man from Atlantis. Yeah, so Man from Atlantis, starring Patrick Duffy from 1977, big favorite of mine. He's actually writing a novel. Uh, it's going to be a series of books. Uh, I think the first one's coming out this this month or next month. You can pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, just search for Patrick Duffy, Man from Atlantis. I think that might even be just the title of the book. I've got it pre-ordered on uh, Amazon, an actual paper book, which I've... Uh, <laughs> I haven't read a paper novel in, you know, in a while either. It's been on my... Uh, you know, it's been a digital book or an audio book, uh, but uh, yeah, so he's he's doing, uh, he's supposed to be going into the, um, kind of revealing a little bit about Mark's background at Atlantis and all that stuff, so that should be interesting reading. Uh, I've, uh, again, liked that show for a very long time, so I think we're going to wrap things up at this point. Uh, I've covered, um, you know, quite a few of the movies from 77, a couple of TV shows, and I, I hope you enjoyed this look back at these things. Uh, I, I think that was a, a you know such a big year in, in sci-fi and fantasy with Star Wars and all these other uh, topics and properties that it, it, it's worth looking at that year and kind of looking back. And uh, it, it is kind of funny though when you see some of these older movies and shows and, and the uh, and the way they look. You know, it also I always try to th think about this. I said if things from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago look the way they do and, and and some hold up better than others we always talk about how things hold up what are people going to think about our, our current crop of tv and movies in 30 or 40 years are they going to think these things you know like the latest say x-men or captain america movie are they going to say those look kind of schlocky I, I i probably will to a degree i mean things are just you know tech is always constantly improving so it'll be interesting to see how uh 
what the future holds for that and what people think and that you know it'll probably you know one day you'll go into a movie theater and it will be like you'll probably wear something on your head like a like an oculus rift or virtual reality thing and you'll basically be immersed in the movie i mean i i didn't get a chance to check it out i'll watch it when it comes to home video but kind of a, in a way like they did with that or tried to do with that recent movie Hardcore Henry where you're, you're, you're sort of a first person point of view of the film not nearly like a virtual reality like you're in the movie uh, but but kind of an interesting idea you know in a way and uh, you know I think eventually movie theaters will become uh, much more immersive environments and, and they'll become they'll have to expand what they can do you know to get people to go to the theaters since everyone can have these huge screens at home for relatively you know relatively lower cost with with some very good uh, pictures very good sound and in some cases you know even even better than some movie theaters depending on the theater you go to so i, I think there uh, there's lots of opportunities to have uh, have really cool stuff to to go experience and uh, in the future so uh, and I'm not even going to take a break at this point. We're just going to wrap up the show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Just some things. You can always contact me at treksf at gmail.com. There's still a forum going on over at treksandsci-fi.com. Also, the Facebook group. There's a Facebook group and page for Treks and Sci-Fi. Please visit, visit Patreon. Also, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie for all my music videos uh, and, and other things on there that I post uh, video content and uh, a whole bunch more. So thanks so much for everyone for listening uh, and downloading the show this week. Uh, I hope you come back again next uh, next time. I think in two weeks, like I said, there won't be a show next week, but in two weeks, uh, Mark's going to be here. He's going to be looking at a classic film, sci-fi film like he normally does. Uh, thanks so much for doing another guest spot, Mark. He'll be here in two weeks on the 19th with the man from Planet X. And a week after that will be the next time I'll be back, which is, what, uh, one, two, three weeks away. And I'll be back then on the end of this month with on the 26th of June with a look at the Enterprise episode Fallen Hero. So that's what's upcoming on Treks in Sci-Fi. Again, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, I appreciate you uh, downloading the show each week, 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 <laughs> week and listening. This is Rico signing off for Treks in Sci-Fi. Bye-bye.
This has been a Rick Dosti Podcast production.